Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor Race Sports with Kevin Taylor. I am your host, Kevin Taylor, coming to you from the capital of Georgia, my hometown of Atlanta, where on this program we'll rock in the sports bell from the ATL, is no doubt about it. Hey, you know, we're going to give you the best in sports information right here from Atlanta, as only we can do it. Make sure that you check me out on social media anytime at KevinTaylor98 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this program, hey, we've got a jam-packed show for you. We're going to preview Georgia's game against Tennessee, Georgia Tech's game against Bowling Green, as well as the Atlanta Falcons that are going to be in action against Cincinnati. Oh, in Georgia State, they're going to be playing ULM, so we'll talk about that. Also, the Atlanta United Five Stripes, they're going to be on the road in the Big Apple. Yeah, they're going to be taking on New York, the Red Bulls, coming up on Sunday, so we'll talk about that. Also, we'll take you inside of the Atlanta Hawks Media Day, as uh, I was there uh, earlier this week, and you'll hear my conversation with Trey Young. Of course, he's the rookie who's the face of the franchise now. Also, you'll hear comments from Jeremy Lynn, my interview with Bob Rathbun, who's a television play-by-play voice of the Hawks, actress and co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks, Jamie Gertz, as well as Steve Holman, who's the radio voice of the Atlanta Hawks, as well as we're going to have representatives from RISE, as well as the New Georgia Project, as we're going to talk about the importance of being registered to vote as well as this is an important election year, no doubt about it. So we want to get you registered if you already have not been, and we're going to tell you how to be able to do that here in the metro Atlanta area, as well as surrounding areas as well. Also, don't forget that you can check me out on Telemade Tuesdays with my friends JB and KB, the host of the Game Time Sports Show in Seattle. The segment is at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Their program actually runs from 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific time, but if you're not in the Atlanta area or the Seattle area, then you can listen online at ztwins.com as the show runs on 1620KYIZ in Seattle and also their sister station, KMBS. So, uh, like I said, if you're not able to, um, you know, hear, if you're in the local Seattle area, make sure that you check it out on ztwins.com. But we're going to be talking a lot of Atlanta sports coming up Every Tuesday during TaylorMade Tuesdays, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, right there during the Game Time Sports Show. All right, like I said, we've got a jam-packed program, so let's get it started with Georgia. They're going to be back at home on national television at 3.30 at Sanford Stadium, taking on Tennessee. Tennessee is trying to get an identity, but uh, they have not been able to do so as of yet. Jeremy Pruitt, hey, he's got a few issues he's trying to, you know, work out. Kirby Smart said that after the last game against Missouri, this team did not show physicality. What? But they jumped out to in the early lead. They were they had the game in control. But hey, that's speaking like the coach, right? But uh, we'll see if there are going to be a physical team against Tennessee. I think they will. I think they get out to an early lead, and I think they will keep that lead and keep their undefeated streak going. Georgia's coming into this game, of course, unbeaten 4-0. They've been averaging over 40 points a game, and I don't see that trend stopping against Tennessee. So I think Georgia will get a win on Saturday at 3.30 against Tennessee in Sanford Stadium, and you can catch the game on CBS. All right, moving on to Georgia Tech. (sighs) 
Georgia Tech last week against Clemson. I was at the game, and, you know, Paul Johnson, hey, we, we, we love you, man. We, we really do. But it, it was just a bad performance, bad performance all around. Yeah, your defense, you know, they, they got a couple of stops, but uh, it put the, the team in a position to get a field goal on an interception, but it was bad. We were wondering, why are you still running your triple option when you're down by three touchdowns? Come on now. Like I said, Coach Johnson, we love you. Any assistant coaches, if you're listening, hey, we love you, but that's not going to work. The fans were very unhappy. I, I heard a couple of fans outside of Bobby Dodd Stadium just really venting their frustration with the coaching staff and how that game was was played. It was a blowout. And a lot of Clemson fans were in the stands, and they were real represented for sure. Uh, Georgia Tech, they come to this game at 1-3, and three, so does Bowling Green. And um, this is the first time these two teams have played in football competition, which is hard to believe since Georgia Tech has been around for many, 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 many years. Bowling Green is trying to stay competitive in the MAC conference, the Mid-Atlantic conference, but a Mid-American conference, rather. And, you know, they've been having some trouble, just like Georgia Tech. But hopefully Georgia Tech can be able to get back on the winning track be able to, yes, use that triple option offense because hey, it's, it's still here, it's not going anywhere, and be able to use it to their ability to be able to beat this Bowling Green team that has been struggling. Uh, as I told you, both of these teams are 1-3. and three. You know, they're coming into these games after losses, uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, Tech needs this win. They really do in, in the worst way. So I think Tech will get the win on Saturday at home and um, – you know, they will hopefully be able to bounce back for sure. Now, if they can keep that momentum, uh, that remains to be seen. But I think this week they will get the win for sure. So, you know, with that being said, hey, let's go on over to Georgia State Stadium now and uh, check out Georgia State. They're going to be in action against ULM. Oh, by the way, the Georgia Tech game will kick off at 12 noon, and you can watch it on the Raycom Sports Network. Now, moving on over to Georgia State Stadium, Georgia State, well, they've been struggling as well. Uh, they come into this week's game at 1-3 as well against ULM. Uh, they beat ULM on the road in Monroe, Louisiana last season, 47-37, to where they racked up a lot of yards. I just don't think Georgia State is going to be able to do that again this season. I think Georgia State will get the win, but I just don't think that they are going to uh, rack up, you know, the same amount of yardage. As they did last season. Now, let me tell you what I mean. In last season's win, Georgia State, they racked up almost 700 yards, 670 yards of offense, while scoring 47 points. And that was the Panthers' highest total against an FBS opponent. Penny Hart also set a then school record with 190 yards, receiving only 11 catches, including touchdowns of 50, 25, and 22 yards. So, Georgia State had a great time against ULM last season. Also, starting quarterback Dan Ellington, he's the first-year starting quarterback. He's averaging 23 yards of total offense per game. That's fourth in the Sun Belt Conference, while counting for six touchdowns. He also has completed he has completed 62% of his passes for 773 yards, and he has 147 net yards rushing, and that leads the team in both categories. I think Georgia State can get back on the winning track with a win against ULM to bring them momentum as 
as well. So that game will kick off at 2 p.m. And just in case you have ESPN Plus, that's how you can watch the game for sure. So uh, hopefully, Blue Nation, Panther Nation, you get that win as well. So hopefully Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Georgia State won't let me down because, hey, I'm going with you, right? <laughs> Let's go over to the AU centers. Clark Atlanta, they'll be returning home. Let's take a look at Clark Atlanta and Morehouse, as a matter of fact. These two teams are going in opposite directions. Clark Atlanta has been competitive, but they just have not been able to get a win. They're on four. They return home against Allen, and uh, that game will kick off at 5 p.m. at CAU Stadium. Um, Morehouse is undefeated. They're 4-0. Hey, Coach Freeman has those guys really playing very well. They're going to be on the road against Kentucky State. That game will kick off at 5 o'clock. So, uh, um, you know, I, I think I think um, Morehouse will still get a win. I think Morehouse will still get this win. On Saturday, Clark Atlanta should be able to get their first win on Saturday at home as well. You know, good to have them back at home for sure. So I think both those teams will get a win. So everybody, Georgia, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Clark, Morehouse, they get wins this week. And, uh, yeah, Morehouse, Kentucky State will be at 4 o'clock. The Clark Atlanta game is at 5 o'clock, but the Morehouse game is at 4 o'clock in Frankfurt, Kentucky. So, um, hopefully, hey, everybody will get a win there, and, uh, you know, it'll be a, a clean state, slate for sure. It's Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor, rocking the sports bell from the ATL. Make sure that you check me out anytime on social media at KevinTaylor98 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Still to come on the program, you'll hear my conversation with Hawks rookie Trey Young, comments from Jeremy Lin, also my interviews with Bob Rathman, who's the t- television voice of the Atlanta Hawks, co-owner and actress Jamie Gertz, as well as the radio voice of the Atlanta Hawks, Steve Holman, and representatives from Rise and the New Georgia uh, Project with, you know, pretty much getting you ready to vote in this crucial election year. So uh, that's still on the way. But, hey, we still got more football to talk about. The Atlanta Falcons, hey, they're going to be getting ready. They're in a must-win situation as well. They are one and two, coming off a very disappointing loss to the New Orleans Saints at home. But um, they've got a Cincinnati club playing very well. But the Falcons do have injuries on the defensive side of the ball. If the Falcons can be able to get to Andy Dalton, I think they have a very good chance of winning this game. If they limit the rushing yards against Cincinnati, they can be able to win this game. They were exposed and susceptible on the ground against New Orleans, and that was a big deterrent as well as not – completing the tackles. They've got to be able to wrap up and complete the tackling. The tackling has to be much better. The pass rushing has to be much better. It has to be. Coverage, that was fine. But at the same time, hey, tackling is essential. It's essential. Hopefully they worked on that this week. But uh, I think the Falcons can't get a win. I, I think the offense will be back in stride again for the Cincinnati game. And the defense, they, they've got to do their part, but you've got some big injuries and some big shoes to fill uh, right now. Uh, Ricardo Allen is the latest uh, big-name casualty on this defense defense that's uh, out for the season now. And speaking of Ricardo Allen, you already had Keanu Neal who was out. It's mind-boggling and, and a head-scratcher as to why Tavis Dimitrov did not sign Eric Reed. Was it because he had not been participating in OTAs or training camp? Or was it because of his stance? and kneeling, rather, with the American flag during the National Anthem. 
We'll be trying to work on that to give you the best information we can coming up here in the next few days. So make sure to check me out on social media, and I can give you that update as I check with my sources on that. But, uh, yeah, Eric Lee has signed with Carolina. So a lot of people wanted him to come here, but uh, just did not work out for whatever reason. So I guess uh, we'll see how that will play out with the Panthers and uh, Eric Reed. But uh, the Falcons, they definitely needed some, some defensive help, and uh, especially in the defensive secondary. Now, the Falcons, they're going to be trying to look for their sixth all-time victory against Cincinnati. Sixth. So this is a team that they have not had much success against. Um, the Bengals lead the all-time series. They're 8-5 and five against the Falcons. And uh, these two teams last met in 2014, and the Bengals, of course, won 24-10. to 10. Matt Ryan went 24-44 for 231 yards and one touchdown. Julio Jones caught seven passes for 88 yards and one touchdown reception. So uh, Devontae Freeman was limited in practice this week, so hopefully he'll be back, but I'm pretty sure that probably will be close to a game-time decision, as well as you got Dak McKinley. Uh, Dak McKinley, he was um, – limited in practice as well, so hopefully he can come back from his groin injury. But uh, these are two guys that the Falcons are going to be dependent upon to um, really bolster both sides of the ball. Uh, Duke Riley, uh, he leads the team in total tackles with 22. Tech McKinley and Brian Poole have two sacks uh, to lead the team there. Um, now here's where it gets interesting. Interceptions, Ricardo Allen and Deion Jones, they both have an interception, but they're both on the injury reserve. Deion Jones will be coming back at some point this season, but just that's, that's a big loss. So hopefully, like I said, the Falcons can be able to regroup and uh, overcome those injuries and have those holes filled and to be able to slow down that uh, Cincinnati offense to be able to get a win for sure on Sunday. Kickoff is at 1 o'clock, and you can catch the game on CBS. All right, now let's moving on to soccer is the five stripes. The Atlanta United, they're going to be in action on Sunday afternoon against the New York Red Bulls. Now, this is an important game because uh, the United, they are still battling for playoff positioning. And um, the United, they're, they're first right now. So that, that's always a good thing. They're, they're in the lead in the Eastern Conference for the Supporter Shield Trophy. So this game is very important because you know who's second in the, in the standings? That's right, the Red Bulls of New York. So both of them are coming off of two to nil victories in their, in their last games, and um, both of these teams are going to be wanting this. So you don't really want a tie in this situation for sure. But, of course, if you did have a tie, it would work to the United's favor for sure. But uh, hopefully the United can get a win here on Sunday. And uh, they've been playing very well. So I think the United will be able to get a win coming up on Sunday. This game will start at 1 p.m. And uh, the United, hey, like I said, they've been playing well. They have their confidence going into the latter part of the season now, knowing that they can be able to continue their aggressive style of play to be able to, to continue their playoff positioning of being that top seed in the Eastern Conference. So I think it will happen uh, this week. The uh, uh, United. They are 19-5-6 with 63 points, while the Red Bulls, they're, like I said, in second place with an 18-7-5 record with 59 points. So you can catch the game also on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. 
the United, their last game, they defeated Real Salt Lake 2-0 on September 22nd in front of 72,017 fans at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Red Bulls, like I told you, they're coming off a 2-0 victory against Toronto FC also on September 22nd at Red Bull Arena. So uh, that's the place to be this coming Sunday at 1 o'clock on ESPN. All right, now. I was at Atlanta Hawks Media Day this past this past week, and I was able to talk to some of the Atlanta Hawks, some of the uh, representatives there. This is a, a season that uh, they're going into with high expectations for these young guys, even though uh, the reason why I say high expectations is because these, the, the nucleus that they drafted, you know, they're going to be bringing them along, but at the same time, they feel like the future is bright for these guys, and this is the first year of that. So they want to see this transformation and also progression for Trey Young, also Kevin Herter, Amari Spellman, and also you're bringing in guys like Jeremy Lin and Vince Carter to be able to be competitive and also push these guys and bring leadership as well. So it's going to be a great season for the Atlanta Hawks, their 50th in Atlanta. And I recently was able to talk to Trey Young about being, hey, here in Atlanta and also his summer league play. Trey, how did playing in summer league kind of get you acclimated to the start of training camp and going into the season? Uh, I think just getting getting the five on five games going, uh, going through the pre-draft process. I was only playing one on zero, or maybe a, a coach would jump in the drill or someone else. But being able to play five on five again, I think in summer league really helped me. And uh, as summer league went on, I started playing better because I started getting more acclimated and for offense and things like that. So uh, I think it helps me a lot big time coming into training camp. How has the coaching staff helped you elevate your game? Uh, they taught me a lot. I mean, being in the gym uh, early in the morning, late at night with Coach Marlin and LP, uh, just being in the gym constantly with them, they taught me a lot, just learning. And have you set any goals for not only training camp but for the season? Uh, and what would they be? Making the playoffs. That's my that's my only goal. I know individual goals will follow if you win, and um, that's my that's my main thing is just, uh, winning. Now let's hear from Jeremy Lin as to how he and Trey can both benefit from each other. For sure, I think I'm definitely gonna be able to give him insight. But I always uh, feel like maybe people on the outside may turn it into, you know, like I'm the only, like I have to give him all this information. Um, I feel like a lot of relationships are very two-way like he's going to help me in some ways he's going to push me I'm going to push him in some ways and of course I have more experience from the NBA standpoint so I can help in that area but there's definitely things I can learn from him and uh, I definitely look forward to also playing with him Um, I think that's something that I've shown I can do in my career is play with other point guards like Kemba or or situations like that Um, and I was a shooting guard my whole life and in college so it's not different for me to kind of get off the ball or play the two position at some time. So. All right, let's take you more inside of the Atlanta Hawks Media Day, starting with the television play-by-play announcer and voice of the Hawks, Bob Rathbun. Here with the television voice of the Atlanta Hawks, Bob Rathbun. Bob, how are you? I'm great. First day of school. Uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. We're here at Atlanta Hawks Media Day. How many years is it for you this will, the Hawks? This will be my 23rd. Wow, you're, yeah. you're more than legal now. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Being illegal, we got a lot of young players in this yes, Hawks team. Yes, we do. Uh, just kind of tell us about it. 
Well, I'm excited to see our kids. Uh, obviously, Trey Young is going to bring a, a national appeal uh, to his nightly endeavors. Uh, but I'm also excited for guys like Kevin Herter, you know, maybe a guy who's flown under the radar a little bit that I think is going to get some, some decent minutes and show what he can do. Amari Spellman is coming off a national championship at Villanova. Uh, anxious to see what he can do. And then all the other guys that have come to us, you know, the Alex Lenz and the Jeremy Lenz and Vince Carters and all these people that are coming to us. Uh, it's exciting to see how all this comes together. That's true, and I was actually going to ask you about Vince Carter because, uh, of course, you've covered the Hawks for so many years. I've, mm -hmm. you know, heard your, you know, uh, right. play by play of his play and how excited you are. And how excited are you that he is here in Atlanta as a Hawk? Well, I am very. Um, you know, when you have a guy of his reputation uh, and his skills and the way that he can go into that clubhouse and talk to these young players about what the NBA is all about, you kind of get double bonus because you get him as a player, but you also get him as a sort of a, a quasi-assistant coach uh, that he can go in there and, and share his wisdom over 21 years. So uh, the benefits are many. Uh, and plus, he can still play a little bit. So I'm excited to get him on the court for one more dunk, too. Yes, yes I think we yeah. all are waiting for that moment. Yes, right. yes, yes. Now, of course, you talked to Coach Pierce. And, uh, what's your interpretation of him going into training camp? Well, I love the guy. I mean, I, I couldn't be happier. I think he's the right guy for the job. His personality is going to be perfect. Uh, he's got a great staff uh, of teachers and coaches. Um, I'm really excited for Lloyd. Uh, it, it's an opportunity for him as a first-time head coach that uh, he's well-earned and deserves. And uh, I think it's just going to be a great fit, not only for the Hawks, but I think for the city. I mean, he's so proactive uh, in everything that happens in our city. The other teams, you know, he's a big fan. So the Braves and the United, the Dream, you know, et cetera, the Falcons. So uh, that's great to see. We haven't had somebody like that in a long, long time, and it's great to see. Yeah, hopefully the fans can still continue to be patient with this team as well. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think our fans are. I think they understand what the rebuild's all about, and uh, they know they're young. They know they got three more first-rounders potentially coming next summer, too. So we're just starting this, this phase of, of rebuild, but the, the good times are ahead. There's no doubt about that. Yes, of course. Fox Sports Television will be broadcasting all of the basketball this season. Yeah, we've got our first one October 5th. Uh, in Memphis, our first of three preseason telecasts, and then all 82. So we're revved up and raring to go. And before we let you go, of course, now State Farm Arena, the renovation, uh -huh. is going to be an attractive venue as well. That's putting it mildly. Uh, <laughs> State Farm Arena is going to be, it's going to take your breath away. It's going to be so spectacular. But people have no idea. I mean, that you can see the renderings and all the pictures and all the talk, but until you see it uh, for the open house on October 20th and you see what a magnificent meeting place this is going to be uh, for not only games but concerts and all kinds of entertainment, uh, you just can't really comprehend what's going on downtown. And you couple that with Mercedes-Benz and all the excitement of, of downtown Atlanta. Uh, I, I just, I'm so excited. It's just going to be great. Yes, I can tell you. Bob, it's always great to have you here on Taylor Course with Kevin Taylor. You got Every year, like we always do, have a great season, colleague. And that's thank you, sir. I appreciate that.
is Sailor Sports here at Atlanta Hawks Media Day, and I'm joined now by the lovely Jamie Gertz. Her and her husband, Tony Wrestler, are owners of the, of the team. And uh, Jamie, just tell us about yourself and how do you feel being an owner of an NBA franchise? It's pretty exciting. It is a dream come true. I don't necessarily know if it was my personal dream, but it was certainly my husband's. Um, but it has been such a joy, and moving to Atlanta and being a part of Atlanta has been so extraordinary. It's been a real journey. We're going into our fourth season, and the team is quite young and very exciting, so it's just the good stuff. A lot of fun. Yes, and uh, I heard you have uh, also three sons, I believe, and you and the NBA Draft Lottery, so it's kind of like, you know, you're not really new to it. No, I'm not new to it. My kids played the sport. My husband coached our kids playing the sport. I was dare I say, a Laker fan for many years, so um, it is just something that is kind of in my blood now, is basketball, the game of basketball, and it's so exciting, fast-paced, and it's so, what I love especially is the, the, the players that have been around and the young ones that are coming up, and that mixture is really exciting for us. And uh, you know, they want this thing to work, and uh, I think that's why 
you know, they made the commitment that they did. But, uh, you know, after 10 straight years of the playoffs, just going halfway up the mountain wasn't good enough. We want to go all the way up. And if you want to go all the way up, sometimes you have to go to the bottom to start all the way back to the top. So, uh, you know, I think we're doing it the right way. I, I love Travis Schlenk and the, the, his staff and what they're doing. And uh, I think Lloyd Pierce is going to be a perfect coach for young guys. And, you know, we bring in Vince Carter, who's going to be, I think, another coach, you know, in the yeah. locker room. Yeah. I think it's so important with young guys to have somebody like Vince Carter who's been around the block uh, to be in that locker room and say, look, this is the way we do it as pros. This is Because as you look back, I think one of the things Philadelphia did was they kept drafting young guys and young guys and young guys, and they never really had any, like, mentors on that team. You know, they finally brought in Elton Brand, who was a big part of our success here yeah. during that 60-win yeah. season. So I think what happened was that, that that's why Philadelphia, I, I think it took them longer than maybe it, it might have had they had, you know, some, some help like, like that. So I think that's why it's perfect that, you know, we have Jeremy Lin, we have Alex Lin, who's been around the block, too, and Vince. And so I, I think it's a good mix that we have. Yes, I would agree with you there. And I think a lot of people would love to see Trey Young and Jeremy Lin on the court at the same time. Yeah, I'll be up to Lloyd. But, uh, you know, I, I think just the fact that the, they're they're both here and, uh, you know, and I, I think Jeremy will be very good for Trey. You know, I mean, I think he can he can teach him a lot. And, and like you say, if they play together, it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, I just think the whole thing is, is, is going right in the right direction. I do, too. And John Collins is taking on a leadership role also, and this is just his second season. Yeah, I love John Collins, and, you know, I did last year, too. And, you know, he really made a big mark in, in the summer league this year, and, and, you know, people were talking about him all over the league. And, uh, you know, with all the publicity we got for our draft, three first-round picks and everything, I think some maybe he slipped through the cracks a little bit. But I think he's ready to have a breakout year, and I, and I think Torian Prince is going to have have a big year too so yes. Yes. Uh, you know this team is all going to grow together they're all 20 21 years old so i think it's going to be terrific yes so do i and uh, a couple of things before we let you go uh, the eastern conference you know lebron is <laughs> with, the, with the lakers now the east you know with boston you've got uh, philadelphia like you said so you've got some teams that you know are pretty much there at the top positions of the eastern conference but hey you never know this team puts a, put a, together a little stretch there they could surprise some people well i you know i think that we're going to be entertaining. I know that. I mean, I, you know, those teams that you mentioned are going to be pretty good. I mean, yeah. if Boston stays healthy, they're going to be very, very good. Uh, and, and, you know, Toronto's still yeah. Toronto. I, I don't think they did the right thing with their coaching business, but, yeah. uh, you know, because sometimes you can overthink stuff like that. Uh, but, it, you know, it's going to be interesting. Cleveland, who knows? I mean, they're talking about Jimmy Butler now. Who knows? You know, yeah. uh, I don't know if that'll happen or not, but uh, it, it's going to be an interesting Eastern Conference, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And uh, now, tell us how many years this has been for you calling a lot of Hawks basketball. This will be my 34th uh, wow. starting this year. So. Wow, that is something. And I see on social media that you still keep in touch with John Sterling, of course. You know, and you replaced John when he went to yeah. New York. Oh, yeah, John and I have been friends for a long time. Of course, you know, when I first started, he would do the TV and yeah. I would do the radio. Yeah. So we became really good friends over the years. And uh, every time we go to New York now, I usually see John for dinner or, you know, whatever. And so it, it, he stayed a good friend and uh you know he's he's been uh, my kids in fact you know 
they refer to him as Uncle John. You oh, know, right. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is something. And, uh, I, you know, we have so many people here from other places. You know, I'm an Atlanta native, and I just remember those days. And yeah. uh, I, I grew up with you, Steve. I grew oh, up with you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I get a lot of people bring their kids to the games now and say, you take a picture with Mr. Holman. I used to listen to him when I was your age. Right. It makes me feel a little old. But at the same time, though, I, 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 I love that. I think that that's... You know, that's one of the things that when I started doing this, I wanted to, I wanted to be like Chick Hearn or Johnny Most or the, you know, the old time guys that stayed with one team forever, like Ben Scully. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been a blessing to do that, and uh, you know, hopefully, it's going to be opening night's going to be number twenty five hundred in a row for me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, thank you. So, God willing, I can keep going, and as long as they let me do it, I'll do it. Yes, yes, and we want to have many more years with you calling Atlanta Hawks basketball here locally and also on the Atlanta Hawks radio network for sure. And that's going to be a great opening night here at home in the State Farm Arena and uh, one like any other, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to be fun. The State Farm Arena is going to be a brand new arena and uh, I think it's going to be tailor-made for the Hawks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, hey well, great to end the segment, Steve, and uh, thank you so much. We do it every year and uh, we have a great time here. I thank you for taking a minute to talk to us right here on Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you, Kevin. We're still here hanging out at the 2018 Atlanta Hawks Media Day. It's Taylor Mays Sports with Kevin Taylor. And now we're going to touch on a serious subject. It was in November, we're going to go to the polls. Not only to vote for a new Georgia governor, but also other items will be on the ballot as well. If you have not registered to vote, hey, we want to encourage you right now to do so. And I have representatives that are going to be able to talk to you more about this process. And I have someone right now with Rise to Vote. And uh, tell everyone, what's your name? Anna Carissa Johnson. All right, Anna, thank you so much for being on the program this week. And just tell us about Rise to Vote and how people can become more involved. Sure. So Rise to Vote is an initiative that's a part of RISE, which stands for the Ross Initiative in Sports for Equality. We're a nonprofit that was founded in three years ago, and what we do is we go around and partner with professional sports organizations, uh, teams, leagues, to encourage athletes to exercise their right to vote and to register to vote. Sounds good, because last year at Media Day, I was able to talk to our Martin Luther King III, and uh, he was at Media Day encouraging not only those who were in attendance, but also players to be able to sign up to register to vote as well. And this year, you've been able to do the same, because I've seen some of the Atlanta Hawk players come over to your table. Absolutely. We're so happy that the Hawks invited us back out to Media Day so that we could speak to their players and get them all registered. It's a young team, so we we're excited to get um, many registrants. And uh, we really just try to focus on the fact that athletes have a platform, um, and we want to make sure that they're able to exercise their right to vote by registering. And, of course, you're out in the community as well. Absolutely, yes. And how will people be able to find you on social media? So uh, our handle is at Rise to Win. So you can follow us on Instagram at, at Rise to Win and Twitter. Uh, Rise to Vote, our hashtag is hashtag Rise to Vote, and our website is www.risetowin.org. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be able to look out for you between now and, of course, November. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes, you're quite welcome. All right. Now I have someone with the New Georgia Project who's going to be able to tell you more about what he has going on with his organization. And uh, tell us your name. Edema Youth Fox. All right, Edema. And uh, tell us about the project. 
Our New Georgia Project is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that's been around uh, since 2014, registering Georgians across the state. I uh, just got a few dates. Uh, tomorrow's National Voter Registration Day, and the last day to get registered here in Georgia is October 9th. So we're just looking forward to getting people out there registered to vote and uh, participating in this upcoming election. And now, how's the uh, feedback been, not only here in Metro Atlanta, but also in rural counties as well? It's been, it's been well, man. We went uh, to Randolph County. We've been across the state of Georgia uh, doing this every day until October 9th. So it's been well. Everyone's uh, excited about uh, participating in the 2018 election. Yes, indeed, because we not only vote for governor, but, of course, a lot of other projects are on the ballot as well. So we want to make sure that everyone gets out and exercise their right to vote for sure. Yes, man. Yes, sir. We want to get everybody out there, exercise the right to vote. And uh, like I said, it's a big election in 2018. Let's get it done. All right. And how will people be able to find out more about the New Georgia Project as we see Vince Carter coming over to the table? Uh, NewGeorgiaProject.org. Our Instagram handle is at uh, New Georgia Project. You feel comfortable with NGP. Our Twitter handle is New Georgia Project. So, yeah, uh, check us out. Like I said, October 9th is last day to register. Go ahead and get registered. And GOTV, get out there and vote. All right, thanks so much, Edema, and we'll be looking for you not only here in Atlanta, but also in the rural areas of the state of Georgia. Thanks so much for you and Anna being a part of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you for having us. All right, thanks to everyone that I was able to speak to and uh, taking out the time to be with us here on Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. All right, before we get out of here, we got to talk about the Atlanta Braves for a moment. The Braves, hey, they're beginning the last series of the season in Philadelphia. Hey, and it's off to a great start as we give you an in-game update. The Braves are in the bottom of the sixth inning. They lead Philadelphia 4-1, to one, and uh, they're going to be getting ready for postseason play, which for them will begin on Thursday. Now, the Braves, they actually lost some ground with losing that series to the Mets. Uh, the Braves are now the third-seeded team in the uh, playoff positioning scenario behind Colorado. The Chicago Cubs are the number one seeded team in the National League. So, of course, if the season were to end today, the Braves would actually have to go to Colorado and start that series against Colorado. They play the first two games in Colorado, then the next two games in Atlanta if necessary because it's the best three out of five. And, of course, if a game five is necessary, then it will be in Colorado. So this weekend series against Philadelphia is very crucial uh, for the Braves and their playoff positioning for sure. So hopefully they can uh, be able to get a series sweep or, if not, a series win, and Colorado may stumble uh, in their uh, season-ending series. So hopefully the Braves can get that second seed, because that's really what you want. But they're going to be playing the Washington Nationals, Colorado Rockies, that is, will be playing the Washington Nationals at home for weekend series. So we'll be actually monitoring both the Braves series against Philadelphia and the Rockies series against Washington. There's still something to play for. All right, so like I said, the divisional series starts on Thursday. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Tailor-Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. Don't forget, you can check me out anytime on social media at KevinTaylor98 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join me for Tailor-Made Tuesdays with JB and KB on the Game Time Sports Show out of Seattle on 1620 KYIZ and KMBS in Portland on Tuesdays beginning at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. And you can listen on the ZTwins.com website or the Simple Radio app. Uh, so, uh, you know, great things are ahead right here 
at Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor and also in the Atlanta sports community. Never be discouraged, always encouraged. We'll talk to you again in just a few weeks. So make sure that you have a great weekend and a great start to the month of October. Until the next time, my friends, I'm out.